Hi, and welcome to another edition of Game Time Podcast with your hosts, I'm Alex Rubinson. And I'm Shai Black. A half a billion dollars. That's the potential earnings of Patrick Mahomes' contract through the next 12 years. We'll tell you why he won't make all that money, but we'll be pretty close. We'll also talk about a potential new name change in Washington, D.C., as the Redskins are doing a thorough review of their name, and a new name should come out any day now, potentially. We'll also take you through what the NFL and NFL Players Association might be going through as they try to make up for some lost revenue. So let's get right into it, because it's game time! So let's start with the story of the week, probably the story of the off-season, really. Patrick Mahomes signs a 10-year extension. It's worth $450 million, with $25 million additional dollars in incentives. Now, you add that 10 years to the 12 years initially on his rookie deal, and it makes up a 12-year deal that makes it $477 million, and again, that does not include the $25 million. So you add everything up, and it's about $502 to $503 million when you kind of, when all the rounding is completed. So let's go into the $503 million and why it's extremely unlikely for him to make that. That $25 million in incentives, in order for him to hit those incentives, those benchmarks, he has to make the Super Bowl in every one of his 10 years under this new deal. So he has to win the AFC Championship game. He has to win the AFC. And I get it. He's great. If not for a D Ford offsides, they would have done it in back-to-back years. But even the greatest, Montana, Brady, even they don't do that. So that's why it's just extremely likely to do it 10 years in a row. The other uh, benchmark he has to hit in order to kind of accumulate those incentives is he would have to win MVP in every one of those 10 years of the New Deal. And yes, he might put up the best stats, but I feel like, at least from a possible voter's view, a voter's perspective, if Mahomes wins two, three MVPs in a row, not that it'll grow tiring of him winning, but they might want to give a new guy a chance, a guy who's maybe kind of an up-and-coming star, a guy who had a breakout year, or maybe a guy who had a bigger impact on his team in terms of there's less talent around him, so he didn't maybe, maybe he didn't do as much as Mahomes did, but he had less to work with. So that's why he won't make all of the $503 million. But just by signing this deal, he basically guarantees himself $141 million. That's how much is fully guaranteed, Regardless of injury, it's injury protected. So basically just putting pen to paper, dotting those I's, crossing those T's, he already has made $141 million. And Shai, what, are your, what were your first thoughts when you saw these terms come out and uh, kind of what was going through your head knowing we've really never seen a deal of this caliber ever? You know, I want to say I was surprised, but I can't say that I was. Because I think we all were expecting that he would demand this type of money. And I think some of us even thought that he could demand even more than this. So, we, um, as you said, this could come out to around around 47 on average a year after these 
rookie extension or the rookie contract. Um, it, well, it's probably gonna be more around forty million a year, just because the four hundred seventy-seven million will be spread out among twelve years, not ten. But either way, obviously, it's not like one this year. He's he's gonna make just under eleven million. One year, he's gonna make almost sixty million. So it's really crazy, uh, kind of some of these numbers. So it won't be evenly spread out. But yeah, kind of what what you were saying is still you know forty million. That's a ton of money, and that re- it really blows the door off the quarterback market. So should I kind of go into that quarterback market, and we'll talk more specifically about Mahomes uh, a little bit later. But I want to go to the quarterback market as a whole now. Dak Prescott's on the franchise tag for thirty one million. Deshaun Watson is eligible for a contract as he was in the same draft class as Mahomes. And Lamar Jackson will be eligible for a contract one year from now. Does anyone, does this deal even affect those quarterbacks? <laughs> I feel like that's... Oh, I think it definitely does. Um, so let's take a look first. I think it's important to understand who's right under Mahomes for that payroll. So it's Russell Wilson and Jared Goff. Or around and Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers and Goff make about the same in terms of average annual value. And again, this is in terms of average annual, so money per year on average. So yeah, Russell Wilson makes about thirty four or sorry, excuse me, thirty five million, while Goff and Rogers are kind of in the thirty four million dollar range. Right. So when we look at the I think we can't really compare uh Patrick. We can compare Patrick Holmes maybe Russell Wilson, but also he's what, ten years? Around eight to ten years younger right now. No, I think Wilson's around 30, 31, if I'm not mistaken, and Mahomes is 24. So it's not that much, but uh, Mahomes is significantly younger than Russell Wilson. Right. And he's already, you could argue, playing at a higher level. He just won, uh, he, he, he won the Super Bowl this year. I mean, he, he's been extraordinary. His arm talent is immense. He can only get better, which is scary. I think, and only getting paid around four or five million dollars above these quarterbacks i mean you could argue that he could maybe demand more money if he was up for contract a year or two later we could be talking about 50 52 three million dollars uh on average year versus around as you said in the four in the in the low low 40s right now so i think you could argue this is a win for the chiefs because they're securing Best court, the best young quarterback in the NFL for 12 years. Um, I mean, and they're not going to have to pay him what his market value would be, which would be, I would argue, be significantly higher in the next two to three years. So, to answer your question, I think when you look at a guy like Sean Watson, he may not meet that Patrick Mahomes benchmark that we're talking about, but he could be right under it. And then a guy who's going to get paid later, Lamar Jackson. I would not be surprised if he tops Patrick Mahomes' contract, assuming he stays healthy. Just as it is, he may not be as talented, but it is, as you always said, the next man up mentality. So, Well, according, I, to, according to Mark Ingram, Lamar's running back, who, yeah, he might be a little bit biased. He thinks the money should start with what Mahomes got, which I think is definitely bold, to say the least. And yes, although Mahomes is going to make about $40 million a year when you factor in all 12 years, essentially he will be making $45 million plus 
when you include, because he will hit some incentives, he just won't hit all of them. He'll make about $45 million plus in terms of new money and new deal when you take out those two years. So I think that's what really you have to focus on now when you're thinking about the Deshaun Watsons, Lamar Jacksons, <clears throat> the Dak Prescotts. I think Mahomes as you know, very good. We have some very good young quarterbacks, as I just mentioned, in our game. And I think that's great for the game and great for the game moving forward as we see guys like Rodgers, Brady, and Breeze maybe start uh, filing for retirement. But I don't think anyone is in Mahomes' tier, especially not, you know, I th- could a guy like Lamar Watson take that step and challenge Mahomes? Sure, I guess. But at this point... It's unlikely, I agree. And I think especially at this point, and also I think, you know, before I make one more point, when you, especially you look at a guy like Watson, he's really battled injuries. You know, a couple of torn ACLs, he was hurt so bad uh, at one point that he couldn't even get on a plane. And yes, Mahomes had that knee issue last year where the dislocated knee, but he, he missed two games. He came back, looked strong. So I'm not too worried about that if I'm a member of the Chiefs organization. I, just, I think what I really found fascinating and as a huge win for the Chiefs through three years of the deal, and again, I'm going to be rounding kind of throughout our podcast here today, but for the first three years of the deal, starting with this year, so the two years on his original deal along with the first year of the new deal, He's going to make a total of $63 million. Do you know who else is making $63 million for the next three years, Shy? I am not, I'm not aware. Who well, he also just signed a new deal with the Carolina Panthers, and his name is Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater and Patrick Mahomes will get paid just about the same amount for the next three years. Taking the next five years, that includes two years of his original contract, and three years of the New Deal. And he makes around $141 million. Um, and, I think that, and I think that really stacks up well. I'm not exactly sure about the specific, number, specific numbers of the franchise tag at that point because it's a lot of projecting. But it really stacks up well against what the franchise tag is if he were to play two years on his old deal and then three years on the franchise tag. So you really get look at the kind of first half, first especially three to five years of this deal. It really looks good and bodes well for the Chiefs, especially with guys like Chris Jones on the franchise tag looking for a new deal. They're also paying guy. I'm pretty sure Tyreek Hills uh, in the middle of a long-term deal. But I think the key to the Chiefs, and we see this, we see a lot of quarterbacks. They sign the long-term deal. And they kind of fall off a bit. They have to continue to draft well. Now, I really like Brett Veach, the general manager of the Chiefs. I think he will draft well. But I think that's the key if they want to remain competitive throughout the full 12 years. What say you, Shy? Yeah, I think this amount of money that you're playing is very well warranted. But you've got to be very smart with your contracts. dishing out guaranteed money because... You've got to make all your contracts, all your drafting count, because you're going to be very tight financially, and you're not going to be able to bring in a lot of other big-time players um, for high amounts of money that they're going to demand. So you've got to really make the best with the limited amounts that you may have. Um, 
because you want to get the be- Patrick Mahomes the best supporting cast, and obviously that defense needs improvements. But you've got to, I definitely agree with you, you have to be very careful, very vigilant on how you spend that money. Yeah, so kind of so far we've talked about how it actually bodes well for the Chiefs, and it stacks up well for the Kansas City organization. But, Shy, my question to you. You're Patrick Mahomes. You know that you might be able to get maybe a little more money if you wait another year or even if you hit free agency, but you're also going to be franchise tagged probably for two or three years. Would you have signed this deal? Take a step into Patrick Mahomes' shoes. If you were Patrick Mahomes, not as a fan, not even if you're the Chiefs, but try to be Patrick Mahomes with his arm talent and everything, would you have agreed to this deal knowing the process of when maybe you would have been able to hit the open market or whatnot. So if I'm Patrick Mahomes, I'm thinking, I don't have to deal... I definitely agree I would not want to deal with the, the franchise tag um, situation. That's a pain. Does not guarantee you financial stability. And also, it does not stack up to the amount of money he should be making um, because of how talented he is. But... So with that said, you want definitely want to get an extension, get some security there um, in that sort of $40 million a year range, maybe a bit higher. Um, but I think the amount of years that he signed for, if I'm Patrick Mahomes, I want going for a two or three to four year extension here, maybe five at the most, because I know once that extension is over, I'm going to be able to demand significantly more. On the, on the open market and significantly more from the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think betting on yourself in that situation both gives that, that, that not necessarily is as long, but still, you know, uh, three to five years is quite a, a decent chunk of time for, for financial security and then allows you to bet on yourself even more and demand even more money. So that's, that's where, where I'm thinking about that. That's kind of what Dak Prescott's doing right now with the Cowboys. In terms of financial uh, capability with Dallas and negotiations and all that and Prescott, I don't know how far off they are, but right now it seems like coming from Dallas, the main sticking point is Dallas wants to go five, six years, lock up Dak long term. Very understandable. But Dak thinks, you know, I think he's pretty he's pretty young too. So he wants like a four year deal so he can hit the market again at a you know still fairly young age. And be able to get that, at the time, third contract and still get paid pretty handsomely. I think for the, for the Mahomes situation, in a, in a sport that's as physical, tough, and injury risk as football is, in my opinion, as a player, take what you can get because you don't know your future four, five, six years from now. That's, in my opinion, too much projecting, especially knowing the risk of injury and knowing that at any moment you could have a career-altering injury. injury. I don't... I, so, I think I would have signed the contract just because, you know, $477 million is a ton of money. And, but... At the same time, could Mahomes have signed a shorter-term deal, you know, in the four- to five-year range and, you know, been a free agent again at around twenty nine thirty and getting another huge contract? Probably. But I think 
if Brett Veach and the Kansas organization offers this and you don't take it, I think you're getting a lot of sideways looks. And I under you know, I would I guess I would have understood if he declined this deal. I just think if I were Mahomes and I get it, he's insanely talented. I don't know if we've ever seen a quarterback with his arm talent ever, maybe Brett Favre. So I get it. If he knows I can make more money four or five years from now, but I just have a hard time. I would, me personally, I would have a hard time turning this contract down. Now, kind of getting from the other side now, the Chiefs. Ten years and really twelve years when you include the two years on his rookie deal is a long time. If you're the GM, you know how talented this guy is. You want him in a Chiefs long term, obviously. Are you comfortable signing him to a 10-year deal to have him in a Chiefs uniform for the next 12 years? And I'm Brett Beach, I definitely am. Um, as I was saying before, you're already, as you're talking before, your, your cap space is just going to be limited. And so if you look, look at it from the perspective I was just taking, that if Mahomes wanted to get maybe a shorter term deal and demand more money, that's going to put you in an extremely limited cap uh, situation, even if you're already at a limited situation. So I would say it's better in terms of the cap. It's better locking up probably the best on quarterback in the NFL. He is, really. I think you can I think you can even take out that young label, just best quarterback in the NFL. You, you don't even have to say best young quarterback. Yes, if we're talking about the end of the contract. But the fact that he's like 23, 24 definitely adds, um, definitely adds sort of that incentive. But back to what I was saying, you're locking up his best quarterback in the NFL for 12 years, and you're guaranteed that you're not going to have to pay him anymore when that market spikes up, because it will. So I, 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 if I'm Brett Beach, I'm the Kansas I am thrilled with this deal. Now, you are taking the risk that he may get injured. And uh, that is a risk that I'm willing to take if I'm, if I'm Kansas City management because if you want it, you want this guy for a, a long time, you, you're not going to be able to... you got to take your poison. And I would rather secure the best quarterback in the NFL for 12 years than risk, make, than risk sort of get, getting an unhappy... Uh, relationship with this guy who's really the future of your organization. This was a baseball type deal, an MLB type deal. Mike Trout signed a 10-year extension, actually very similar to Mahomes, 10-year extension with two years already still on his contract, so it add up to about a 12-year deal. You look at guys like Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, uh, Anthony Rendon, they've signed seven-year deals. Uh, I think we've, we've had 13-year deals. So, you know, obviously, you know, Mahomes isn't that long, but very rarely, and it's because of the injury risk in the two respective sh- sports and just how there's not that, yes, there's obviously injury risk in baseball, but there's not that long-term injury risk that there is in football, or at least not as the, the level of it or the risk of it isn't, as, isn't nearly as high as there is in the NFL. So this is a baseball-type deal. This is why this deal is unprecedented in the game of football, and really, it's pretty unprecedented in all the major sports. Just because, you know, Trout's making about 
I don't know, his 12-year deal in all is worth about $426.5 million, kind of in that range. So what Mahomes signed for and the length of this deal is really a moment in NFL and sports history. I mean, it wasn't super long ago, I mean, maybe before my time, but players would sign for a million dollars, and that would be considered a lot. Now we're having guys sign for with incentives up to half a billion dollars. It really is crazy. Not only Mahomes didn't just set the market, he blew the top off it. And by a good measure too. I want to also talk about shot uh with you shy about a very another interesting not so much a detail. It's pretty it's pretty uh it's going to have a big impact. But so you there every year I guess except for his first year this year, there's a roster bonus. And if he's on the roster by a certain date, a set amount of money is guaranteed. Well, what's very interesting what the Chiefs did here is they have roster bonuses guaranteed a up to a year or even two years in advance. So, as an example, uh, in 2027, he has a roster bonus of just over $49 million. Well, that $49 million roster bonus... In 2027, will be guaranteed in 2026, or I haven't really looked at it specifically, but possibly even 2025. So I thought that was a very interesting decision made by the Chiefs. Shai, what do you think of this? Because if the Chiefs are guaranteeing him this type of money a year or two in advance, they it really uh, keeps them in it long term because you don't want to guarantee someone a, you know that much money in advance. And then cut them a year later, and all of a sudden that money that's guaranteed, you're paying a... Obviously, you want to cut him, but, you know, if this deal doesn't work out, or if there's an injury or something of that nature. Yeah, so I think this is one of the reasons why this deal is so impressive. It may feel like it's not because Patrick Mahomes is that good and that young that it, that it, that it, that it almost seems like it makes sense. But that's why it's impressive in the NFL, because guaranteeing that much money over that period of time is unprecedented, because there there are lots of frequent injuries, and that's a risk that the Kansas City Chiefs are taking. In my opinion, it's a well-worth risk, um, and it's going to limit them financially, as I talked about. Um, but it, I think it certainly keeps them in the long haul, and if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, that's the one thing I'm worried about. I'm using that cap space. I'm making sure that the Chiefs have a consistent top-tier offensive line. I'm, I'm giving him as much protection, giving him everything he needs to stay healthy because you, since you're guaranteeing him that much money, the only thing that can go wrong, in my opinion, for the Kansas City Chiefs is an injury. A career-altering injury can completely change the course of their future. Because if he gets injured, and you're, it's almost like with, I'm an NBA fan. This is almost like with the Wizards with John Wall. They had a talented young, they had a talented team around him. They gave him the super max after a nice season. Now they're paying him forty five million dollars. He hasn't played in around two seasons. Sit just sit on the bench. So you cannot have that. That would ruin uh, the net, the future, the future of this franchise. That period of time, if the, if a, if Curl changed that. So that's, I'm praying, if I'm a Chiefs, I'm praying to my lucky charm, and I'm doing everything in my power to make sure that it doesn't happen. Yeah, we'll also see, how long does Andy Reid 
uh, stick around. He's, I believe, you know, 62, kind of in that range. So how long does he want to continue coaching? He said, he even said he would, you know, he'd be more than happy to coach into his 70s, especially now with Mahomes under contract for as long as he is. Let's move kind of away from the actual contract details. If you're Brett Veach, the general manager, or even if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, what does Mahomes have to do, and what do the Chiefs have to do in terms of actually like winning to sit back in 12, 13 years and say, wow, this deal really was worth it? What does he have to do? What does he have to accomplish? Yeah, so I think we were having this discussion a little bit earlier before we got started, and I was saying at least two Super Bowls. Uh, in that time, and obviously... Two Super Bowl wins, I'm guessing, to be more specific. I don't want to take words out of your mouth, but two Super Bowl wins. You are correct. At least two Super Bowl wins. Uh, You'd hope for more, but there's a lot of unknown factors that got taken into account. I think three is probably fair, but you don't know what can happen. The supporting cast, as we were saying, that financial situation could get a little bit tricky and, and, and hinder them from really creating... Uh, that supporting cast of that defense and balancing things out. So I would say at least two Super Bowl wins, and he's got to maintain the production. He's got to maintain the production. He's got to maintain of being in, in his own elite tier of his, the top tier of an NFL quarterback. So I think the production of being known as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, whether that's shared with a guy like Lamar Jackson or Sean Watson, but he has to be in that top tier unquestioned for that amount of time and I would say as well as at least two Super Bowl victories yeah I when I you know my impulse initially said around three to four I've kind of backtracked on that to more I think three I think he has to win three Super Bowls you know preferably he'll maybe get in a few more like maybe he'll make four or five and yeah he'll he'll probably lose a couple I mean he might not but you know that's kind of just the nature of getting into that many Super Bowls. And chances are you lose one or two, get unlucky here or there. But I think he has to win three. And that's, again, and that's over 12 years. That's includes starting this year, not just starting at the uh, new deal for those 10 years. So over the, over these next 12 years, I think he has to win around three, three Super Bowls. That would put him at four for his career. And also, that's really one Super Bowl, I believe, what, every four years, which is very impressive, especially for an organization and a franchise that was coming off a 50-year Super Bowl drought. So I think I, I'd probably put it at three. They have to keep drafting well, uh, probably upgrading that defense, keep Mahomes upright with that offensive line, and still provide a healthy uh, support cast around him. But I, I, I put it at three, so probably I'm... A little more, I don't know. I don't. I'm kind of struggling for the right word, but I kind of, I guess, expect more. My expectations are just a tiny bit higher than yours, I guess. Shy. And yeah, then, I think that's, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I think that's completely reasonable, especially as a Chiefs fan. Doling have the type of money. I just, would you like? If you want to take into account all the factors, I would say ideally you'd like to win around three or ish, but I think. These two makes it makes it I think worth it, but I think if you want to go up to the fact where you're starting to exceed expectations, you got to be at the three or four range at least. 
Okay, so let's now jump, I don't know, 15 or so years. Mahomes will be, I don't know, I guess what, around what, 40-something years old, late 30s, early 40s. His contract's up. Maybe he signed a shorter second uh, or, I guess, third contract with the Chiefs. Where do you think he'll rank among the greatest of all time, and does he even get Brady a run for his money? So here's the thing. That, that's, that's, you were talking about how we've got to be careful with projecting. I think a lot of factors have taken into account. But I think if he, if he continues this type of production, I think with the talent that he has, if he continues on this trajectory, I would not be surprised if you told me in, 10, or in 12, 15 years that he, that, that, that he is... That he is Better as as if he's consensus as viewed as the consensus enough best quarterback to ever play the game to surpass Tom Brady. I would not be surprised. I saw. I was watching ESPN the uh where I was seeing on ESPN. Uh, I think it was on Get Up, and they brought up an interesting question. Obviously, Michael Jordan is probably viewed as the greatest of all time in his sport, but there is that you know there's that LeBron Jordan debate that does come up a lot of times when you bring up one of the two players. Do you think we could have a similar debate at the end of the day when we discuss Brady's career against Mahomes? Sorry, you cut out a little bit for me. Do you mind rephrasing that? uh, Yeah, sorry. So I was kind of just, kind of the short version, I was kind of just asking, do you think we could see a similar MJ versus LeBron debate when it comes to Mahomes versus Brady when both when both their careers are all said and done? So I'm for I for one am of the opinion that there is not that much of a debate between MJ and LeBron. I think no, and I, look, I was even I I may have cut out uh, when I was saying this, and I'm uh, sorry about that. But I was saying how Jordan is probably more widely viewed as the greatest of all time, but there is a debate. Like, some people do believe LeBron, and there is a debate there that even if you believe Jordan is the greatest of all time, and I do as well, there are people who think LeBron is the greatest of all time. Do you think there will be a, even if it's not a LeBron-MJ-esque debate, do you think there will be a some type of debate between Mahomes and Brady? Super Bowls. I don't really have much doubt in my mind that he'll the production, but the 
Tatum makes Brady great because he's one consistently on the highest level and created the greatest dynasty that football has ever seen. So can Mahomes replicate that and maybe surpass that? That's going to be the question for me. Because in terms of production, I think Mahomes is, is already on the trajectory of blow Brady out of the water. Yes, but at the same time, I think the only reason why Brady is not the leading um, passer, touchdown passer, is because of Drew Brees. So Brady could very well, when it's all said and done, retire as the all-time leader in a bunch of the major statistical categories. So even though he doesn't have the raw talent or arm strength or traits that Mahomes possesses, in terms of statistics, Brady's right up there with everybody. And all that, a lot of that is due to his longevity. But I think that's going to be big for Mahomes. Uh, obviously, you know, he, he might not have to play 20 years. But I feel like when we debate this, I feel like longevity, let's say Mahomes does play 15 years. I think, you know, he'll be about 39 at that time. That, what? 20 years and Brady's probably going to play two or three more. I think that could sway some people into Brady's favor. Especially, look, Mahomes might become the all-time leader in touchdowns, yards, completions. I can go on and on. But I think at the end of the day, at least me personally, I think unless Mahomes absolutely obliterates his records, and even then, I'm not sure, I think he has to at least... I think he has to win five if we want to, you know, compare. I get it. You know, four, you want to have four, you want to have some type of debate. That's okay. I'm fine. But I think if it's four, I don't, I don't see much of an argument for Mahomes. If it's five, now I think we really do have a debate. Assuming Bray does not win another, <clears throat> excuse me, another Super Bowl. But I think if we're really going to have a debate, and there really is an argument for both sides, I think Mahomes has to win at least four more Super Bowls. That's my view. Do you agree, Shia? Do you, do you think five's kind of the magic number if we want a real debate? I think five is the magic. I would agree with you. I think to, to, to really have a, a, a conversation there, I think he needs to win five. I would agree. I think to put it perfectly. All right, so that's kind of it for Mahomes. Obviously, we probably could go all day talking about him. And although that would be pretty fun, we have some other topics that uh, we'd like to get to. Let's go to the Washington, I would say Redskins, but it looks like they won't be the Redskins for much longer. Shy, I think this is I think this has been long overdue, and I think finally Daniel Snyder has come to his senses. Although it was raised about money, because yeah, it's all about money, which. It's kind of unfortunate that that's the reason why he's doing it. But at the very least, he is finally making strides, at least in my opinion, in the right direction. Uh, do you agree? And what do you think of all this kind of as a whole of the Redskins possibly becoming the Warriors, the Red Tails, the Red Hogs? Who knows? Yeah, I think it obviously is long overdue. I think there's much in need of a name change. I think that will help. Washington's attendance problem and sort of fans are falling out of love with this franchise and a large part of this is that one a large part of this is one and due to the fact they are not winning they're not good, right and the other part is 
their owner and their team does not stand for something. It stands it stands for a, a racist name and a racist symbol. And I think at the end of the day, the, that's the recipe for really ushering fans back in this in this Washington community. Because there are passionate uh, Washington sports fans out there. I'm a Wizards fan, not a Redskins fan. That's a whole story for another time. But <laughs> I think this is definitely a recipe to get people back in a FedEx field. Because and, and it's really sad that it's taken FedEx to actually start to boycott the NFL to boycott the Redskins. Uh, in this way for this to happen, but I think it's as you said overdue, um, and I'm I'm hoping that they'll find a solution here. So I'm a I'm a New York Giants fan, but I do live here in D.C. So I am constantly around Redskins fans, and they are very passionate about their team and about kind of just them as a whole. But there's also a good chunk of fans or really former fans, I should put it, that what might be worse than getting angry is not caring. Because if you're angry, you're passionate still. You're passionate about what your team does and the moves they make and don't make. But if you're not caring, you don't really, you're not into your team anymore. You're not passionate. And there are just so many of those fans that just have lost interest and lost that passion that they once had when watching their football team. And a lot of that obviously has to do with the name, but I think it has to do with Dan Snyder and right at the top of that organization. This organization, from the name and the logo, all the way down, has just been mismanaged and one of the more unstable organizations over these last two decades, really. So I think they brought in a great hire in Ron Rivera, and then they, and now you see them making these strides, changing the name to hopefully something everyone can kind of rally around almost, a, maybe, maybe a name like the Warriors or, I don't know, the Red Tails, something of that nature. I think this is a tremendous sign for the Washington franchise as they move into the future. I think it's a tremendous sign starting kind of in that organization and how it will be managed for these next for the foreseeable future this is a change that uh as shy and i have stated plenty of times over these last few minutes has been long overdue and again it's not great that it's come down to money and the financial aspects of it but at least it's finally happening happening so shy Let's have let's have a little fun now. Do you think it'll be the Warriors, the Red Tails? What's a name that, or what's a name that you think should be brought up more? Um, I'm a fan of the Warriors. I like the uh, alliteration there. I would, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I want to veer away from names like the Red Tails or the Red Hogs or whatever. I think it's a little. I think you want to start to reshape that that the name. Want to completely deviate from the name of the Redskins? So I I, I like a name like Warriors, um, something of that nature. I haven't really thought about it. I think W is kind of a hard one to uh, sort of come up with something that really that really sticks. I did see a report. I don't know how true the report is, so you can take this with a grain of salt. 
but apparently the Warriors right now might be the leading candidate in that room. So right now it could that could be the leading candidate. I don't know how accurate this is, but I just thought I'd offer that little tidbit of information. Yeah, yeah, I think I I think the Warriors would be okay. Um, it's not having a super. It isn't stuck yet for me yet. Um, I'd like to see them brainstorm a little bit further, but I definitely would prefer something like that to a name like the Red Tails because for that I I I think that sort of has these connotations of, of sort of staying with that sort of uh, sort of a Redskin like team name. It has some of those uh, so then those Native American connotations there. And I think that it's probably better uh, for the Redskins to sort of deviate from those possibly um, uh, slightly racist notions. Yeah, I was kind of thinking, I guess maybe not the Red Hogs, but how about just the Washington Hogs? I know maybe you don't have that alliteration, and it might sound a little weird, but I think you look at when the Redskins were good, when they were winning, and I know that's hard to imagine right now, but they were good once upon a time. And when they were winning and constantly competitive, remember, they would have, you know, like the hogs and like the hog noses. And that's kind of, you know, everyone kind of rallied around that. And that's kind of going back to when this was a successful and well-run team. So I actually kind of like something, again, we don't have to do the Red Hogs, but what do you think of just the Washington Hogs as that really goes into their their history of when this was a successful team, as also you saw so many fans kind of rally around that and have fun with it. Yeah, I, I, I you know, that was a little, I think, uh, before our time, but, so I can't really give the same sort of perspective there. For me, I don't really like the way that sounds, as you said, which may not matter, I mean, here's what I think, but I think also sort of what's the mascot going to look like no, I think you want something. If fans, the thing, the thing is, will fans rally around that now? Is the really is really the question. So, if yes, I don't have a problem with it. Besides the fact that it may be a little awkward at first, which is fine. But I, I, I think, um, yeah, I think it's fine. But I, I think I'm more inclined to size of the Warriors. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe it was before our time, but we are also we're also you know. Not the oldest people. Remember, this wasn't like in the 30s and 40s I'm talking about. I'm even talking about the 70s and 80s. So, and even, you know, to maybe a lesser uh, lesser extent, the early 90s. So I do think, like, there were times or in the not-too-distant past where they really did wrap around this idea, you know, of the hogs. So I think I just kind of like that idea because of just the history that they go into with that name but as I kind of said you know at this point I feel like we're gonna have a name within I mean as early as possibly this week I think maybe more likely two or three weeks but I definitely think sometime in early to mid-August a new name and mascot will be announced and presented to the public which I think is a great Oh, yeah, no. When I kind of say, obviously, mascot and slash logo, that's kind of how I refer to that. But I've obviously, the logo uh, should and will be changed along with the other stuff. So we're kind of going to go into our last topic of the day, the discussions between the NFL and the NFL Players Association. 
And I'm a baseball fan too. I'm a big baseball fan, big football fan. And I am just hoping and hoping that this is nothing like what what I just witnessed between the MLB and the MLB Players Association. Because that was an absolute mess. And the sport has looked terrible uh, since then and through then, especially in the middle of a pandemic. So, Shai, a report came out that the NFL proposed to withhold 35% of salaries. Obviously, if I understood everything correctly, those salaries would eventually be paid off just at a later time and date. If you're the Players Association, how do you counter knowing the NFL will lose revenue or at least not make as much revenue as they typically do given the either limited capacity of fans or probably, at least in my mind, a more realistic um, option, which will be no fans. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's totally understandable for the NFLPA to counter with, well, that's not fair. You know, we still have to, you know, I guess, because let's remember something. Probably, you know, 75%, 80% of NFL players are not making these crazy numbers of money in the $10 million a year, $5 million a year. A lot of them are making, you know, $1, $2, $3 million a year. That's a lot of money, granted. And some are making even less than that. So I think to take away a chunk of that money can be detrimental, and especially to players who are not getting paid uh, $5 million plus, $3 million plus, because there are a good chunk of players. Uh, so I think is there, but I, I think it is also looking at the other side of things, um, the NFL standpoint. Really, I don't think that that the, that, that the NFL players, frankly, in my opinion, I don't think they, I don't think it's fair for them to rein, to retain all of their salary this season when they're not playing, because that's really what they're getting paid to do. So thirty-five percent. I think it might be high. We want to lower that to. 25% or 30% to make it a little more, you know, livable and incentivize the speeding up a little bit for the players. And I think what you may want to do is reduce that number further for those who are making uh, below a certain salary, just so that the players who are not making those, those large sums of money are, are, are not having any sort of financial burdens. So that's how I would approach it from both sides. Yeah, well, okay, I'm kind of going to try to talk about how the MLB, what happened during baseball and how it might apply to the NFL. The MLB proposed to the Players Association a sliding scale in which basically the more money you made, the bigger pay cut you took. So still, you know, the highest paid players took a bigger pay cut because they could afford it more than the league, league minimum guys. And let's just say that did not go over well in the MLB Player Association. Now, of course, every sport is different in every uh, mind, every person, every player association has different perspectives. But the MLB Player Association viewed it as a way to almost break up and divide the association and turn them against each other. Now, I don't know if that's how DeMarie uh, Smith and the NFL Players Association will feel. But that's not... But I think that could really offend also some of your more prominent, higher-profile faces of the NFL players. 
and you don't want to insult them because that's how a standoff really starts. Now, I just hope this isn't just NFL proposes something, NFLPA proposes something, and so on and so forth. What I want to see is a couple members of the league, whether it be an owner, Goodell, a couple members of the Player Association, Smith, maybe some uh, team representatives. I want to see them get together and just don't even propose anything. Strictly negotiate, talk, and see where that leads you. Because I feel like just exchanging proposals isn't truly negotiating. That's just sending tweaks left and right. And I don't know how far one, not just in sports business, but just in in every avenue, how far you can really get by just exchanging proposals. I think you have to sit down at a table and have just a straight business meeting. Just meet, talk, negotiate. And I think that's where we could really see progress made. And then obviously they do have to talk about if a certain amount of games are not played, how do players get paid? Do they get paid, you know, I'm guessing probably player association would want full prorated salaries. How will they handle? Because unlike in the MLB, the NFL, only a certain amount of money is guaranteed. There's very few players who have fully guaranteed contracts. So how will they handle that? I think that's going to be really interesting to see. And then obviously they have to discuss player opt-outs. We see in baseball, plenty of players are opting out. Guys like Buster Posey and David Price. I think if a player wants to opt out, he should, but does he get service time? Does he get full pay? Does he get his guaranteed money? How do they handle that? What if a player is high risk versus a player who may not be high risk, but he lives with someone who is high risk? How do they handle that situation? So these are some things that were very ugly in the MLB negotiations that I'm really hoping that they're able to sit down, negotiate, and smooth over in terms of the NFL and discussing the financial uh, implications of this upcoming season because they're going to lose money. And what will also be interesting, Shai, and I want to get your thoughts, is how does the salary cap look for 2021? Uh, obviously, um, you know, I think the, it may be the Players Association. I could be wrong, though. They wanted to – they were saying let's just have the same salary cap as we did last year at $198.2 million. Usually it goes up every year, but they're saying this year instead of it going up or down, leave it the same. We'll see depending on how much revenue the NFL truly loses. So, Shai, what do you think of kind of – how do you think the salary cap might look next year given the uh, much money – so much money lost with uh, limited or probably even no fans in the stands or even not a full season being played? Yeah, I think it's really hard to say. Because I think the NFL will still make a lot of money um, for TV and for viewership. And ads. I want to I wanna add one more thing, sorry. What they're going to do is, um, for the first six to eight rows, they're not going to have any fans. They already, I'm pretty sure, have ruled fans out in that section. And they're going to put a tarp down. And those owners have a chance to put revenue or app, sponsor certain ads on that tarp to make revenue that way. So I just... They also can make some ad revenue, but no ticket prices, no concessions, no parking. That's really going to hurt them. Sorry I cut you off. I just want to add that. No problem. I think that's a good point, um, and I think they'll still make uh, a good chunk of money. 
and I think it should be doable to keep the salary cap where it is. Will it go up? Maybe not. Um, and I think that's okay. But I, I definitely think that it's hard to tell um, for a multitude of reasons. We don't know how much games, how many games are going to be played. We don't know how many games are going to be fans, and so on and so forth. Um, and I think at the end of the day, this is an issue that you know, this is something that is, should not be at the primary focus of the NFL or the NFLPA at this moment. And I think we should get back to sort of humanizing that issue and going forward with sort of those... The health and safety protocols. Yes. Um, so that's related to my stance on that. Yeah, and I also think because of the hit that owners and reven- and the revenue coming in to the league, because of the hit they're going to take, I think that's a big ra- reason why, and it's kind of, you know, ironic that we've been talking about Mahomes, but that's a big reason why we have not seen as many extensions as we usually do. Obviously, Mahomes, we've talked about that earlier today, but other than that and what, Christian McCaffrey's deal earlier this offseason, there's been really no other major contract extensions and I believe what 15 around 15 players were either franchise tagged or transition tagged the deadline to sign an extension if you were franchise or transition tagged is Wednesday it's July 15th zero zero of those 15 players have signed extensions to that one-year deal now for both I'm there was one transition tag and like fourteen franchise tags, and so far. No, sorry. Yes, some players have signed the franchise tender, but no one signed an extension. Uh, among those players, sorry if there was any confusion. No, not one of those players have signed an extension on top of their franchise tender, guaranteeing them another four to five years. Because the franchise slash transition tag is only a one year guarantee, and the deadline to sign an extension on top of that one year guarantee is this Wednesday, July 15th. So usually, yeah, there'll be a few players who don't sign, but to have zero players out of 15, which I don't know if I've ever seen 15 players get tagged, but to have none of them sign an extension is really eye-opening. Now, obviously, the deadline is not today, so we still could have, between now and Wednesday, we still could have a couple players sign deals, and... That wouldn't surprise me too much, but you see a lot across the league. Team X and Team X is nego- is negotiating with player Y, and they're not on the verge of a deal. You see so many of those instances, and so many players kind of saying, "Yep, yeah, it looks like I'm going to be playing on this one year tag, this one year guarantee." And obviously, the tag means they're getting paid at the top of the market, so really they can't be complaining too much. But it definitely is interesting. Just the lack of long-term deals that have been signed, not just by tag players, but by everyone. Now, obviously, the offseason's not over, but I definitely think because of the uncertainty of the coronavirus and the uncertainty of incoming revenue uh, into the league and the owners, I think that's a big reason why we've seen so few extensions and big deals this offseason. Shai, uh, we're running out of time, so I just want to get your final thoughts on really anything. Mahomes the Washington name change, or even these negotiations between the Players Association and the NFL. What are your final thoughts? Final thoughts. All right, so I think 
Yeah, Shy right now is uh, FaceTiming. That's how we've been doing this. I'm at home uh, recording, but Shy has joined us virtually today, and that's how we've done in the last few podcasts. So I just want to kind of to throw that out there. Shy, the floor is yours. Yeah, so I would say that this is an unprecedented deal, and I'm excited to see how this may reshape other deals with young quarterbacks in the home's nature. Obviously, we're taking out the grain of salt because no one's quite of Mahomes' nature, and we don't talk about that terms of talent. <laughs> but I think it'll be interesting to see how this plays out and how it affects guys like Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson, who are coming up deals, and even Jack Scott like Dak Prescott. Um, and sort of seeing if financially does this make sense, or maybe you weigh that with the interest factors. It's very interesting to look at in multiple perspectives. I'm just interested to see how this plays out. For the other thoughts, obviously, we talked. Really ran over it in and out in the first half hour of the podcast. So um, that's all I can put there. And then I'd like to just really see uh, a revamp in this in this Washington football organization. You know, I'm always reluctant to call them the Redskins now. It's a hopeful I am they're going to change their name. Um, and I really hope that Redskins fans or Washington football fans, I'm sorry, can go can really go back and kind of re-fall in love, kind of recreate that passion, as you were saying, um, with this franchise, despite the fact and that Dan Snyder is still Dan Snyder, and the fact he's doing is probably just for the money, which is concerning, but, I mean, at the end of the day, you can't really remove Dan Snyder from being the owner, I mean, that's not how it works, so, I still hope that, 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 that fans will be able to sort of come back and reconcile with this franchise. Then moving on to the NFLPA, I I think that I don't I definitely don't want to see something happen like the NFL like the MLBPA um, in that whole situation. But I do think that the, the NFL players need to sort of treat this situation that is an unprecedented situation. We've never had a pandemic like this in this country, and they need to they need to be understanding of the NFL, and the NFL needs to be also be understanding of that. And I I think really as you were saying, humanizing this. And talking about what really, um, what really matters, yeah. So, yeah. which is the COVID nineteen pandemic and keeping everyone safe and healthy. Shy, any last thoughts? No, that was about it. I'd love to turn it over to you. Go ahead. Yeah, I just kind of want to say, and uh, I don't have a ton more to say, but I don't know if we're gonna have a season. I really think with you know the way we've seen some other. Uh, states and places around um, the U.S., you know, the uptick in cases and deaths, it's really tragic and unfortunate. And maybe we'll have a, you know, start, be able to start a season in September. But once October rolls around, I'm really nervous just for the state of this NFL season. I really don't know if we're going to have a full season. And I'm really you know, as a football fan, I don't think we're going to have a champion crowned by the end of this season. So that's going to be it for today. I'm Alex Rubinson. We have Shy shy Dweck on FaceTime today. We hope you enjoyed Game Time Podcast. Hopefully we'll be able to record uh, our next episode maybe in more happier times when uh, we know there's going to be a season and more people are safe and healthy, so stay safe out there, stay healthy, uh, be, be smart, 
And, uh, you know, again, we hope you enjoy Game Time Podcast. See you next time.